0: Hi everybody, this is Jana from the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast. Week. I'm talking to Terry Allred from the Belly Dance Business Academy. Terry why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about what you want to share with us this week.
1: Great hi Jana thank you so much for having me I'm really excited to be here. Um, my name is Terry Allred and I am from Minnesota in the United States and it's very cold here. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me I'm Talking about five business tips for belly dancers. I have taken my top five tips gleaned from uh, about 30 years in the nonprofit business and um, small business area, running dance studios and running um, belly dance businesses, and uh, collapsed them into just a few. Tips for you, and I'd love to also tell you about the Belly Dance Business Academy. It was started 10 years ago by Julie Eason, and she did it as a one person academy. She offered marketing and um, advertising, primarily, assistance to belly dancers. And about a year ago, she decided to retire from that business and offered it to me. And when I took it over, I decided to keep the same theme as, as she had. And so we um, provide the training, skills, and tools you need for your belly dance business. Um, but I decided to, to that more was more fun. And so I invited about 20 teachers from all over the world to contribute Um, their expertise, and so now we have a couple of components of the Belly Dance Business Academy. Um, We have online classes, and the online classes range from free. We have over 20 free classes right now, Um, so you can learn how to um, do all kinds of things directly related to your business, including topics on marketing and business planning and Photography, ethics, uh, communication, conflict resolution, and so, so much more. Even there's one free class on um, how to lay out your costume and set up um, for a quick change in a show. Um, So there's all kinds of really fabulous free classes for you, and it's free to become a student. All you have to do is go to the www.bellydancebusinessacademy.com and sign up. And um, becoming a student is free. Um, and then we also have low cost classes. And the low cost classes are about 15 US dollars, which is about what we pay for a weekly class, a technique class. And those classes are designed to give you some concrete takeaways. So um, for instance, I have one on business planning and you'll actually leave with a business plan if you, if you go through all the exercises. When you take the classes, you get direct access to the instructor. So you can send them messages and have discussion with them and they get back to you um, you know pretty immediately. And then we have workshops, which are our deep dives into topics, very similar to what you would get if you went to a festival and took a two-hour workshop. And our workshops are more interactive. They're usually structured to last a couple of weeks, and they're on deeper topics, like there's one workshop for communication skills for on and off the stage, where um, my sister and I take you through how to have assertive communication, how to understand your communication style, how to um, deal with conflicts in your troop and in your business and with your students, how to understand boundaries and have healthy ones. And so it's a pretty intense workshop experience uh, where you get a lot of feedback from the instructors. And then the last element of the Belly Nets Business Academy, along with our online training, is that we have... um, uh, coaching membership. So we have a group called the Coaching Circle and for um, $25 U.S. a month you can become a member and get um, feedback and coaching really as you need it. And so uh, to be a member of the Coaching Circle you pay a monthly fee you can cancel at any time but, um, but you get all of the $15 classes for free. We guarantee at least two a month, but usually there's more, three or four a month. So that's a, a really great value just in having access to the fifteen dollar classes. You get a discount on the um, on the workshops, and that discount is anywhere between twenty and fifty percent, depending on the instructor. And then you get access to a video call with me. And other members of the coaching circle, including a lot of our expert instructors and other dancers from around the world who are struggling with similar issues to the ones you are. If you can't make the video call because it's inconvenient for you, although we do switch it around every month so that it's a different time and day, um, then you can submit your questions in advance and then listen to the video or the audio after the call so that you can um, get immediate <coughs> excuse me, answers to your questions. We also have a Facebook group um, where you can post issues that arise and um, all the Coaching Circle members and all the instructors are on this private group and people literally within minutes, within hours, get assistance for whatever business situation they're facing. Maybe they just need to ask a quick question about copyright or maybe they have um, a flyer they want us to look at before they publish it. And so it's this ongoing, it's like having a group of friends who are dedicated to helping you further your teaching career or your business or your studio. So it's really quite amazing. And, um, and so all of this programming that I'm doing is from the Belly Dance Business Academy. Um, we just reached 500 students a couple of days ago, so I'm really excited. That was my goal for uh, the first year, and um, and we made it several months in advance. So we've got 500 people already who are learning and um, connecting, and these people are from all genres of dance. We have Egyptian dancers and Turkish dancers and folkloric and fusion and American tribal style because the really, really great thing, and then I'll stop talking oh, about the Dance Business Academy is that it's a time when you can cross train. Like it doesn't matter what style of dance you do, we're all facing the same business issues. We all need to figure out how to retain students in our classes. We all need to figure out how to best market to our target audiences. We all have communication issues and conflict in our troops. It doesn't matter what style of dance. We're all facing the same issues. And so this is the only place I can think of where everybody comes together to learn from each other and cross trains across disciplines. It's just, I, I know i know you can probably tell how excited I am about
0: it. Well, that's an exciting thing. 500 students. Congratulations. Thank that's you. That's awesome. And for anyone that hasn't been to the website yet or hasn't checked it out, definitely do. I had a membership back when Julie Easton still ran it, which was mm, 2013, maybe at that time, right when I was coming out with my first DVD and the information was pure gold and I'm going to have to check it out again with the new website and everything now, but it's really well worth the money. Um, Definitely a lot of helpful stuff in there.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, Jana that we had figured out maybe that we took the same Produce Your Own DVD class with Nadira Jamal, and then we both, about the same time, produced our first DVDs.
0: <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh, probably, because <laughs> that was back, yeah, I think in 2013, I guess. Was, yeah, four years ago. So, yeah, we were probably in the same class because I took that one with Nadira um, way back when, when she used to have yeah. it. So. Oh, that's so funny. And it all comes together now. (laughs) Like
1: a circle of life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds great. And I'm so glad to have you here. little fun fact. Terry and I actually recorded this episode way back when. (laughs) And then I had technical issues because that is my life. And so she was kind enough to come back on and schedule another time to record this. So, I'm, so this is really important information that I want you guys to have, so much so that we had to do this twice and across a few time zones. So,
1: Well, it's my pleasure, and I'm just really happy that we could have the opportunity to, um, to record it again, so yes. thank you.
0: <laughs> and if there's any technical issues now, I just, I just give up on life. But there shouldn't be <laughs> because I checked and double-checked and rechecked, so it should be fine now. So, did you want to get started and tell us the five awesome business tips that every ability dancer should know?
1: Yes. So, um, you know, I am really all about uh, getting down and dirty on the information. I don't want you to have to sort through 20 pages of theory, and I want you to be able to really get to the, to the heart of the matter when you're taking Belly Dance Business Academy classes, so that you can, I know everybody's time is valuable. I know you've got 3,000 things on your plate. And so, what I did actually um, in response to Jana asking me to do this interview, but it's been so amazing, is I put together five of my top business tips for belly dancers. And I'm so excited to share those with you because if you take, if you just do these five things, then I can guarantee that your business is going to um, improve or advance. You'll come closer to meeting your goals, whatever those goals are. And um, so let's get started with tip one. Um, So tip one is you are your own brand. You may have a different name for your studio or your belly dance business or your teaching, but it's ultimately about you as a person about how you interact with other people, about the messages that you give, and about who you are when you're out and about teaching, performing at festivals, um, at community workshops. Your actions, words, and interactions with others have to be consistent with your brand and your goals. Because in belly dance, you are your brand. If you're in a bigger corporate environment, say um, Pepsi-Cola, you know, the CEO is not synonymous with the brand. The product is the brand. Um, But in Belly Dance, you are the brand. Uh, And so who you are and how you interact with others really does matter. Um, So I'll tell you a story about a businesswoman who, by all accounts, um, was very successful except She was unpredictable, she got angry easily, she um, just was very difficult to work with. And her business and her brand started suffering when people had to interact with her, because she was uh, difficult to interact with. And so she couldn't understand, she brought me in to consult with her, and she couldn't understand why... Her class attendance was falling off. She wasn't getting hired for uh, workshops. And the fact was, her technique was beautiful. Her performance was amazing, but she was just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, you know, of course, being the high-profile consultant that I am, I didn't say you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I would have,
0: but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but in a really nice way, you know, we started, I modeled appropriate nice behavior, for one thing. Um, And then we started talking about the impact on others when she would tantrum at an event or when she would, you know, do different things. And um, so ultimately, this is a sad story because it didn't help because she didn't change her behavior, (laughs) But, but most of us don't have such an extreme example. I tell that example because it is kind of something we can laugh at and, you know, most of us don't have that extreme of an issue. Um, But we do have to look and see, you know, all of us come with the good and the bad. And so what is it that we're really good at? Um, What are we um, doing well in promoting ourselves and our brand? What, you know, are we easy to get along with? Or do you need to have some people helping you? Because we can't expect everybody to be everything, but it's so important who you are out and about. And I want to give you another example of this. A good friend of mine is a classic introvert. She's an amazing teacher. She really lights up when she's teaching and when she's performing, but one-on-one interactions with people are very difficult for her. But she needs to do that to promote herself, to be able to be a teacher who people hire um, to do their big events. And so um, one of the things that I did when I was helping her is we identified wow, changing your core personality, probably not likely to happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you could maybe sustain uh, social interactions on a, you know, like the extroverts can do um, on a casual basis for a little bit, but you're not gonna be able to maintain for a whole weekend conference. And so what she did was she got troop members who were outgoing, extroverted, very gregarious and friendly and welcoming, And she surrounds herself with these people when she's at events. And so that way, they rub off and everybody, like, I don't even know if you'd realize that she was such an introvert and so shy, because there's such a party going on around her at all times, in a good way, you know, a good party, like a friendly, welcoming, everybody's happy. Um, So I don't even know that you would notice. And so she's really become known for being a, a very friendly, gregarious person, and she certainly is friendly, but she's so introverted that um, by surrounding herself with these other people, she's been able to really direct her brand where she wants it to go, and that is with that you know, kind of idea of who she is and what she brings to the table, when really that's a deficit area of hers. And so she's been able to... Um, leverage assets in her immediate surrounding so that her brand can be consistent with who she is as a person. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: That's really interesting, though, that she was just able to find people that are a bit more outgoing and then kind of let them bring it out in her, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have actually another example of this with another woman who I consult with. Um, So she is really confident really outgoing could even really be be considered her personality too strong she's a little a little rash and uh Gosh. so she surrounds herself with people and when they go to events who are very um they're fun and they're outgoing but they're softer you know they um they have um more finesse and more um tact so to speak And so, um, and the other thing that she really wants them to do for her is to help other people see the value of her as an instructor so that they'll hire her. And so her students and troop members, one of the things that they do when they're at events together is they talk about how positive the experience has been training with her at the home studio that she's in. And so they're like her ambassadors, and she carries this cheerleading crew with her. Wherever she goes, and um, and it works, it works really well because people who might be um, a little bit off put by her, you know, kind of more um, uh, always tease her that she's like a sailor, you know, with mm-hmm. the dirty mouth and the, you know, the <clears throat> excuse me, a little just a little brash. Um, but the people that she surrounds herself, you know, are very welcoming and very approachable and. Um, so, that's one of the ways that she dictates her brand. So, I mean, part of this is really kind of having a, a awareness of where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are um, so that then that way you can compensate in other areas because it's not just about what a beautiful performer you are. It's not just about how good your technique is. It's not just about whether you can explain how to do a movement in a workshop. It's really about you as a person and whether people like being around you. And I just want to give one more example of this. Um, Aziza of Montreal is one of my heroes. She was one of my first um, big belly dance instructors, first workshops I went to. And um, she is obviously, no one could debate, hardworking, stunning performer, incredible technician, but what struck me the most the first time I went to one of her workshops and was what made, what made me go back time and time and time again to travel to train with her is that she is an amazingly kind and warm person. Mm-hmm. She exudes that kindness and warmth to everyone from the student, you know, number 200 in the 200-person oh. room to, you know, the people who she's good friends with. And, um, and that is part of her brand. It's genuine. Now, you know, she's lucky because she has that as a part of her personality. Um, But there are things that you can do. So let's say you do identify a deficit in an area that you're trying to promote as your brand, um, but you don't have a cadre of people to help you like these examples I've been talking about. Well, one of the things that you can do is you can be you know, demonstrate your integrity. You can be trustworthy, and you can be positive in your speech and in your um, demeanor, in your attitude towards things. You're, you can be professional in communication and um, uh, and honor appropriate boundaries. You can honor your commitments and admit it if you make a mistake and apologize and fix it. So there's lots of things that build trust. And um, one of the biggest things you can do to build trust in a relationship, and that's including with a consumer or a, um, a service relationship um, with a student or an event producer, is if you make a mistake, admit it, apologize, and fix it. Um, people, people don't expect anyone to be perfect, but they do expect people to accept responsibility if they've done something that's a mistake. And, um, and so just by acting in those ways, you can really increase your um, marketability, Um, It's amazing how many people in this business who I've come um, across—they lie and they don't honor their commitments and they don't apologize if they hurt someone. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's these are things you learned uh, your first year of school how to play in the sandbox (laughs) nicely with others. (laughs) Uh, But because you're your own brand, everything that you do reflects on your business.
0: That's a really good point. I've seen some drama unfold in the dance world as well. And I think we've all been in situations where we've been dragged into it, and then you think, okay, how how are these people professionals? How are they making a living out of this when they can't even be honest or they can't just keep away from the drama? And I really like that you mentioned Aziza. She's one of my favorites as well, and I took a intensive uh, week-long back in... Oh god, it feels like forever now, but when I used to live in Orlando, which was forever ago, and um, it was really one of the best and most uh, well-spent workshops that I ever had taken because you really get everything from her. Like, you really get what you paid for when you take a workshop with her. It's never just about a choreography or just about technique. She always really likes to go a bit and beyond that because she really does want to help, so... That's a really good example of a teacher that really cares and is also a personable and and likable
1: teacher as well. And you as a student, you know, we're spending a fortune training these, you know, and it's not just training with uh, top notch dancers, but we're spending a fortune training in our own communities and supporting workshops with local people, and it makes a big difference if the person is genuine and is nice and is kind. I mean, it seems so obvious that I almost feel stupid saying it, (laughs) but not really because so many people um, undermine themselves by just not being nice.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, it's an important point, especially, like I said, the the entertainment world that we have with belly dance is a bit over the top sometimes and sometimes finding someone that seems genuine it's not just about being nice I think it's about seeming genuine and not fake yeah. that they actually want to help you it just seems like it doesn't happen as often as you think yeah and yeah. so when I help you find them, a teacher like it. that then it's definitely like an attractive quality in a teacher so yeah
1: mm.
0: So did you want to go ahead and give us tip number two?
1: Let's go to tip two. Okay, so tip two is to find an advisor, a mentor, a coach, or a friend. (laughs) Now I'm not trying to apply your friend list. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) everybody who's listening has friends. But what I mean is a dedicated friend to help you with your business, to run ideas off of. It is a really, really lonely business being um, in business for yourself whether you're a studio owner whether you are a performer trying to get hired at gigs at restaurants whether you're a workshop presenter trying to get people to hire you for major conferences you know there's a lot of competition out there and sometimes it's it doesn't feel easy to rely on other belly dancers who are also trying to get into the same conference or the same workshop or the same performance. Um, Thankfully, the Belly Dance Business Academy, I feel like, really um, allows people to assist each other and mentor each other and help each other because we're pulling from all over the world. It's not just, you know, the three people who live in your little town. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I feel like that's a really great place to look for this. But it's always a good idea to have at least one person um, who you can trust to help you brainstorm, to give you feedback, and that's honest feedback. You know, maybe they edit your copy and make sure that what you're saying is is um, understandable on your website and in your press releases and, and on any flyers or promotional materials. And, and and this cannot be under-emphasized. Maybe they just give you emotional support, because some days it sucks to be your own boss. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and many of us have a job that we're working outside of our dance business. So we're dealing with all of that. And then when we're exhausted and weary, we're coming home and we're still doing our dance business. So finding an advisor, a mentor, a coach or a friend can really up your business game because it gives you, it gives you somebody to assist you on a practical level but it also gives you the psychological benefit of knowing you've got somebody in your corner. Sometimes that can be your significant other, but oftentimes that's a, that's a lot to put on that person I'm <laughs> put my social worker hat on. You know, um, my significant other is incredibly supportive, has been with me since I began belly dancing and since I started doing it as a full-time business, um, but sometimes he gets weary of the belly dance talk and the business and he's a psychologist so he's Mm -hmm. not really you know he doesn't run his own business he doesn't perform (laughs) Mm -hmm. sometimes just having somebody outside of your immediate significant other who can be a mentor or who can be a friend um can really help uh it can help make your business better and again it seems so obvious but um you don't have to um, do it on your own. You really don't. And um, if you have a mentor or somebody who's done it before, you don't have to recreate everything. I mean, there are great examples of flyers that have worked for people that you can ha- get access to. There are, um, there are ways that you can approach a new club or, um, or fitness business to teach or to perform. And you don't have to do it all on your own. I want you to be able to concentrate on creating your art, your performance, and to be able to have help for the business part of it, and that's one of the reasons that I feel so passionate about the Belly Dance Business Academy, because I can be that mentor and advisor and coach for you, not just me, but any of the instructors, the other members, Um, so there's a lot that you can get from having a system. Like... Um, for instance, I've just got an email from a woman who just got certified in American Tribal Style Dance, and she's getting ready to set up uh, her first teaching business. She doesn't have forms. She doesn't have a liability release. She doesn't have, she's not sure about, she's got this list of five questions that she just emailed me about. Well, I literally have everything she needs at my fingertips. Boom. It's going to take me two minutes to send her what would have taken her weeks to put together on her own. And that's what the Belly dance Business Academy is for. You don't have to write your own release. You can look at the releases that other people have written and adapt it for yourself. You don't have to (coughs) do everything from scratch. There are other people who have done it, who want to help you. So that's kind of on a more formal level. You know, to find a mentor, advisor, somebody who can help you, somebody who's done it before. But just on an informal level, it's good also to have an advisor, a coach, a a friend who's helping you. Um, I've been delighted since I took over the business from Julie. We've got almost 40 members in our coaching circle. So um, on the Facebook group, if one person posts, you know, um, I'm trying to figure out what... uh, what email service to use to send my newsletter, then literally within minutes, five people have said, well, I use Constant Contact, I don't like it. I use MailChimp, do this. You know, And so it's like you've got this amazing group of re- this re- these resources that are almost at your back in command. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of easy. You know, I don't ask people to be that immediately responsive. I certainly don't expect it, but they are because they're getting help for what they need and so they feel more free to help others with what their needs are. It, it's really quite amazing. And I know, I, I know I'm know i just really excited about it. <laughs> but so tip number two is find an advisor, mentor, coach, or friend. If you don't have anybody, call me. I'll get you hooked up with the belly business. <laughs> so
0: basically find your business bestie.
1: Yeah, find your business bestie. That is a perfect way yeah. to put it.
0: <laughs> How would you recommend they find it outside of... Um, maybe the um, Belly Dance Business Academy? Or should they just all message you and you all come up?
1: <laughs> well, no, I think that's a really good question because um, because what I like to do and what I did uh, before I started working with the Belly Dance Business Academy is I would find people who were in my same geographic region but who were not direct competitors. So I pulled together a group um, and then we just kind of helped each other out and shared information. And, you know, in the United States, they lived in different states. So there's no way that we were going to be trying to get the same people from, you know, the coffee shop down the road to come to our classes. But instead, we were able to share ideas, share knowledge, share experience, because we didn't have to worry about that direct competition. Because, you know, when you're in competition for what seems like a limited number of resources, students, of course, I would like to... To, you know, that's a completely different topic, but I don't really feel like it is a limited, I think it's unlimited, um, the potential to bring people into your business, but, um, but it feels like, you know, there's only a certain number of people and you have to compete for those people. So I say, find your business bestie. I love that term. I want to mm-hmm. use it. I don't care. Um, but I say find your business bestie from a local community so they understand the challenges you're facing, maybe in your geographic region or maybe your rural versus city, um, but they're not competing with you for the same, um, for the same, like I would not find your business bestie as a competing teacher for the big international conference that you both want to, mm-hmm. want to apply for, you know, because that just sets up a situation that's, that's not necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. So you were like the matchmaker of business besties. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. I started it, I actually, when I moved to Minnesota, I came into a very um, divisive, backstabbing, really competitive community. And I had been raised as a belly dancer in a very collaborative community. We all attended each other's events. We referred students. We encouraged people to take with multiple teachers. We you know, all performed at Hoff was, it was like, you know, a really collaborative. And then I moved and I came into this hotbed of competition and animosity and ugliness. And um, so I was like, well, I guess my business bestie isn't going to come from you know, my local <laughs> state community, um, because it was so cutthroat. Um, and so I had to look outside of my immediate You know, community and really my immediate kind of. I had to go beyond a two-hour circumference. I had to go outside of two hours to be able to find people who, um, who weren't threatened and and could support each other.
0: And as a side note, I love that you're able to talk about how cutthroat your old community was because I think a lot of people they don't want to talk about how horrible it can get sometimes, and it's not meant to be like okay, you should just be talking about the bad stuff. No, but I think it happens a lot more than people realize, but nobody really talks about it. And when you yeah. mention a horrible cutthroat, really competitive, like I can totally relate when I used to live in the UK. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously it wasn't always like that, but, I mean, there were moments where it was it was pretty crazy.
1: So. Yeah. You know, one of the major things I do in, in consult with people Is help them navigate those troubled waters. Um, Maybe they're in a situation where they don't know how to survive in their home community because of the circumstances they find themselves in. Or maybe there's a conflict that they have no idea how they got in the middle of, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, between uh, a rock and a hard place, Billy Dancer A and Billy Dancer B, who hate each other, and they just want to get along with everybody. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of what we talk about, a lot of what we talk about, is the interpersonal stuff because I am a trained therapist and, um, and have uh, – well, actually, I'm a social work dropout. I only went to one year of social work school. <laughs> At the time, my goal was to be hired as the executive director of a rape crisis center because that was my first career path with sexual assault and domestic violence. And I got hired to my dream job, and so I stopped social work school because I really didn't need to finish that master's degree. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's, I think, one thing that, um, and I've compiled a team of people who is not just about business. It's about how to communicate effectively. How do you deal with these conflicts? How do you navigate you know these situations because it's really not about changing the other person's behavior you can't do that but it's about learning how to cope learning how to change your behavior and learning how to change your focus so that you can survive in those kinds of environments
0: don't you think how crazy it is that we need like someone like you like a mediator to mediate between belly dancers like i find that absurd it's super helpful but just the idea, just written down, for example, like on paper, when you read it out loud, it's like, what's happening? What, why are belly dancers so cray-cray? <laughs> like,
1: well, I think they're just a, a representation of the community at large, our international community. And... You know, one of the things that, um, that I always that I always kind of fall back on that makes me feel um, feel better is, you know, we're all doing the best we can, and for some people, the best they can is very divisive and conflict ridden, and um, that's how they're raised. That's what that's how they approach the world, and um, so my job is uh, that I drive a bus, and the bus is my life, and. I want to get the people off my bus who are not contributing to my health, happiness, and (laughs) well-being, and I want to get the people on my bus who are contributing to my health, happiness, and well-being, and that of the broader community and world, and so it's all about being a bus driver (laughs) and getting people off your bus and bringing people on your bus. (laughs)
0: So long as you don't run people over
1: with your bus. (laughs) get to deep problems. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, ready to move to tip 3? Yes. Okay. So tip 3 is and this might sound a little controversial, so let me explain it after I say it. But tip 3 is success is really about who you know. Now, on the outside, you're probably thinking, "Terry, that's, mm-hmm. what? What are you talking about? About who you know?" It's about hard work, it's about determination, it's about skills, it's about practice and rehearsal, and it is about all of those things. But the reason I include the somewhat inflammatory tip in my top tips is that relationships are essentially important in our line of work, really important. You cannot be successful in the belly dance world without building relationships, If you are trying to be successful without building relationships, you are going to have a rude awakening because um, it's really important if you want to be a workshop presenter, a teacher at national and international conferences, it's important for you to support those conferences It's important for you to build a relationship with the producers and to thank them for the work that they do. It's important for you to build relationships with the vendors because they know exactly what's going on. They go to all the conferences, (laughs) and they can be your best sources of inside information. It's important for you to build relationships with restaurant managers and with service staff if you want to perform in a restaurant. It's important for you to build relationships with um, the people in your broader community and the students that other people are bringing in and teaching, um, not because you're going to steal those people, but because if you are at a community Hofla and you are positively interacting with everybody's students, if you're complimenting the students on their performance genuinely and you know with specificity, um, if you are being friendly to the vendors, then you are going to be building relationships. And, and those relationships are essential to your success as a business person. They're absolutely essential. Um, so it's, it, when I say success is really about who you know, I don't, I don't mean if you're not friends with Aziza, who we were talking about, that you're not going to be successful. You know, that's not what I mean. But what I mean is you need to be friends with the vendors at the Aziza conference. And you need to be friends with, you know, you just need to to reach out and be genuinely connected with people who are in our community and not just other dancers. And not just other dancers who are in your style. You know, one of the things that, that... I went to lots of uh, U.S. national and international events, and um, there was just no friendliness. A lot of territorial and clickiness between um, styles, like the the, and a lot of that's normal because you hang with the people you're friends with. But you know, like dirty looks and whispering, and like really some crazy things, like with the fusion dancers not respecting the ATS dancers, and the cabaret dancers not respecting any, you know, like all these weird territorial things. And um, and in creating ATS Homecoming, it is just for one style of dance. But one of the things that I decided was hospitality and being welcome was going to be a huge part of that event. Um, and that everybody was welcome, including the hotel staff. We invited all the hotel staff who were helping us to the shows. Because Why? because it's important to build relationships with everybody. Um, And so so success is about who you know. And my one tip for that is give generously to support other people. If you expect people to support you, then you give generously. And I don't mean just with money, but I mean with your time, with your attention, with your praise. You give generously to other people.
0: And genuinely, as you mentioned, because you don't want to be the one that's just... Fake and giving compliments left and right, which they don't really mean, or that's right. just kind of in a relate really, like a f- friendship or relationship, just to see what they can get out. I think it's really easy when people, um, it's really easy to spot when someone is fake about it. So definitely exactly. the genuine part um, is really important. I really liked that um, Yasmina Ramsey in Canada, mm-hmm. she mentioned that when she was first starting out she would attend everything that was local um in toronto like other dance styles and stuff and people were not as well but welcoming to her and but she continued and she would invite them to their show to her shows and she would still continue to support them and then eventually um she gained kind of more respect i would say um mm. because she was being genuine about it and she was wanting to support the arts and she just wanted to be taken seriously so she yeah, wore them down great, eventually. Great. So that was a really good example.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it takes a special kind of mean to be, to be. I think it takes a special kind of person to be mean to someone who's trying to be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to persist. In, like Like in her story, you know, she had to keep going back and keep, being present, and sometimes you have to persist. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it really is about being genuine and true to who you are, not because you're doing it to be strategic, but because you're doing it because you value all of the people you come into contact with, and you want to get to know more about who they are and their experience, because that makes you a better business person.
0: Very good point. And tip number.
1: Four. four, yes. Okay, so number four is establish yourself as an expert. Um, so I think this is crucial, and I actually have a class on the Belly Dance Business Academy but um, I, it's a $15 class, but um, all you have to do is contact me and I'll give it to you for free. <laughs> I'll give you both parts for free. It's part one and part two, and it's um, how to find your superpower. And tell the world about it. And the idea behind the class is that we all have a superpower. We all have something unique that we can offer in our community. Maybe we are a cabaret dancer and there are 30 other cabaret dancers in our community. It doesn't matter. We have something unique that we can offer. And if you can identify what that uniqueness is... And I use this example because I love Wonder Woman. I, mm-hmm. I loved Wonder Woman since I was a little girl. And so I say, you know, you've got your superheroes. And they all fight for justice. Just like we've got belly dancers. And we all belly dance. We teach, we perform, yada yada. We all kind of have the same mission. Um, but everybody has a unique skill. Wonder Woman has a golden lasso. And she can use her golden lasso to get the truth out of people. To make an end towards justice. Spider-Man has a web that comes out of his hands or wrists and he can climb tall buildings and get at people who we would not normally be able to reach in his pursuit of justice. Superman has extreme strength and he uses his strength in his pursuit of justice. So we may all be pursuing teaching belly dance or performing belly dance, but we each have our unique superpower that allows us to um, express ourselves and attract people who need that superpower. So the first step is obviously figuring out what your superpower is and then telling people about it. Part two of my (coughs) workshop is exactly how to identify your target markets and tell them about it. Um, But my tip four is establish yourself as an expert. So you figure out who's your target market what services are you providing and then make sure you have the skills to back it up and I have a really, really, really good example of this. So um, about mm, four or five years ago, I decided to, um, I had been doing lots of cabaret, I had grown up doing cabaret, you know, grown up in my belly dance life and then I did fusion and cabaret and then I added ATS and I was doing all three styles and taking training in all three and um, Indian and Polynesian and, you know, just all kinds of stuff, and I decided that I needed to focus, so I decided to focus on American tribal style, just because they were the people who are the nicest in my area. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't any scientific thing. I loved all the forms of dance, but they were nice and welcoming, so... <laughs> um, and so, uh, one of the things that I noticed was, in this, is a fully improvisational dance style, and I noticed that there were people who did, they all in ATS, but they choreographed it, and I did Bail a lot in my cabaret, and so I thought, that's weird. It's an improvisational dance, but when you add this prop, everybody's choreographing it, and so I decided that um, through Nadira Jamal's uh, DVD class was, was how this happened. I decided that my superpower was going to be creating an improvisational dialect with Bail. Now, Was I the best veil dancer in the world? You know, was I like Ansuya? No, I was not the best veil dancer in the world. Is veil my favorite prop? No, it actually isn't. (laughs) But I decided that I was going to establish myself as an expert because I did have the expertise of dancing with a veil for many years in cabaret. And I also had the understanding of how to create improvisational dialect. Because of my communication skills and my you know, social work background that people could lead and follow from each other. And I had the knowledge of ATS to, to have the structure for it. And so I established myself as an expert. I made a DVD and now I tour around the country teaching. Well, was I an expert on uh, ATS with Bale? No. But I decided that that was going to be my superpower. And then I went for it. Um, and so I established myself as an expert. So now people call me. And ask about dancing with a veil in ats, It's not no. like I do it better. I mean, there's other people who do it now. I, had, I didn't think, weren't doing things publicly, but there are a couple other groups around the world who ha, are doing their own thing. I didn't know about them when I did my thing, but, um, but I've become an expert because I claimed it. I claimed that I was an expert, and I made myself an expert. So establish yourself as an expert. There is something unique that you have to offer Something that's different from everybody else. Maybe you're a yoga instructor too, and you understand body mechanics, and that's something you can bring to your teaching. Maybe you um, are a theater, have a theater background, and you understand theatrical performance, and you can bring that to your um, gig at the restaurant. But there's something that is 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 unique about you, and that you can become an expert on. Because you decide what your superpower is. You have many superpowers. You decide what you want to focus on. You decide what you want to be an expert on. And then, I'm going to say it again, you give generously, and I'm going to add Jana's word, genuinely to support other people. You send news releases. You present at conferences. You comment freely in online discussion forums. You share your information. You know, and, and of course you want people to buy your DVD or hire you for the workshop. So you don't give them the whole shebang, but you do give people you share your knowledge. Like um like on discussion forums there's one that is all about using all different prompts and ATS and <clears throat> they were talking about chiffon versus silk. And I, you know, weighed in on why chiffon is better for ATS. And so, you know, sharing information that helps establish you as an expert and helps people see that you're willing to freely give your expertise. And then they want to sign up with a class with you for a class because they see that you have valuable things to offer. So tip number four is establish yourself as an expert.
0: And it's not about... Um, reinventing the wheel basically you're just saying just to choose something that you like and you are good at and you're interested in, but just having their own twist and personality
1: added to it right absolutely you don't have to reinvent the wheel there may be 300 shimmy videos out there but you may have something uniquely you you may be able to talk about the shimmy using um, body mechanics knowledge from your maybe your physical therapist Mm -hmm. or a professional and you can talk about um how to shimmy without injuring yourself or how to mitigate the certain stress points that are natural um, on your body when you're shimmying you know so maybe you take a topic that everybody teaches on but then you make it specifically yours and the way to do that is to think of what do you have that's different like um, another really really great example of this is um there's a group in uh, North Carolina in the United States, and they are called the League of Extraordinary Dancers. Their troop director is a geek. She is an admitted geek. She's an introvert. She is, you know, she does Comic Con. She is she that is who she loves that stuff. And they have gone like they have amazing number of hits on YouTube. They haven't traveled around, but. You know they're like they're getting ready to put together a Princess Leia tribute, and they did um, they did a Harry Potter number that went viral. I mean it's just crazy. So like so she's not teaching any technique that's different from what anybody else is teaching, but she has taken her love of all things geeky and she has embraced it, and she has created this really really fun. I mean they are so fun to watch. It is so clever. Everybody who has, you know, seen Star Wars or Harry Potter or, you know, any of the kind of sci-fi or, you know, um, fantasy uh, cult genre things, um, they can relate to it. And it is so cleverly done. I mean, you know, they're not just up there frumping around. They're also really good dancers. Mm -hmm. Um, So she has identified her target market. She's not teaching any, you know. She's doing her her undulation is the same as everybody else's undulation, but <laughs> <laughs> she's doing it in a Star Wars costume, and it is so fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: gonna have to Google them.
1: That sounds yeah, really yeah, interesting. So of extraordinary belly dancers—they're amazing. They're amazing. Uh, I
0: have to Google that. I have to remember to Google that. Sounds really fun. So don't reinvent the wheel, Jesus Christ, my German accent is coming out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you speak a different language all day long and then have to switch back oh, to English sure. at the end of the day, it's a little difficult. <laughs> so, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so like yeah, find your expertise and add your twist to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah your special, something special, just uh, your superpower.
0: Mm-hmm. And tip number five?
1: Tip number five you know, It is also something that would appear very obvious, but it's amazing how many people don't do it. Be clear in your marketing materials. What do you do? Who do you do it for? Where do you do it? When do you do it? And how do people sign up to do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that it sounds crazy to have to say this, but, um, but... All of your marketing materials are not about you. Your marketing materials are about your target audience. So if you want people to take a class, unless you are a high-level instructor providing certification and they need to know your pedigree because they're other professionals in the field, your pedigree is not as important as you telling them what they will get when they come to your class. if you're teaching at your local community center, and all you have on your website is, and I was trained with this person, and I attended this workshop, and you got three pages of your resume, but you don't tell them how they're going to feel, you don't tell them what kind of welcoming environment they're going to walk into, you don't tell them you know, um, what to expect, then, then you're not going to attract anybody to your classes, at all. You might need your pedigree if you're trying to get into a conference to teach, but you don't need your pedigree if you're trying to get somebody into your community center for a weekly class. Um, So, you have to be clear, and you have to target your message to your audience. Your audience needs to know what they're going to get, how they're going to feel, what need of theirs you're going to meet. So, for instance, in my biography on my website, I don't say, and I studied with this person and that person, but I do say um, I came to belly dance as a result of a traumatic brain injury, and I came for physical therapy. And because of that experience, I am very understanding of physical limitations, of health-related issues, of, um, of problems that you might have, and you find a nurturing and caring environment from someone who understands. So I share a detail about my life, but only in as much as it tells them what they're going to find and how I'm going to meet their needs. And, and interestingly, not interestingly, uh, I have a lot of people who have MS or who um, are depressed or, you know, who are facing challenges. They're divorcing or, you know, they're facing challenges in their life because I tell them this is a safe place to come and find community. I understand that you're facing challenges in your life, and it's okay. Um, So everything you do has to be about your customer, has to be about your target audience, and you have to be explicit about what you're providing, who you are, um, because the marketing materials have to tell them what they need to know. If they have to go searching for it, then it's not going to work. You need to tell them where, when, what, how right away. Um, So that they don't have to go searching for it the final thing about being clear in your marketing materials And this is a story. I love to tell because it just cracks me up two stories actually Um, so when I first moved to Minnesota, there was a belly dance community here and Literally before I got here. I didn't even have a studio yet. I was teaching a class the week I had boxes everywhere The first week I got here. I had a class out of my home within three or four weeks. I was booking gigs you know, this party, that women's night. And one of the local dancers who I was friends with, I had gotten to be friends with, she said, how are you getting all this business? I've been here for, you know, five, eight years belly dancing, and I don't, I haven't gotten a fraction of the business. And I said, well, do you have a website? And she said, no. And I said, well, have you told anybody that you teach belly dance? And are you teaching anywhere? And do you have You know, anything telling people about the parties you do? No, no, no. I mean, literally, people were supposed to read her mind. (laughs) She was absolutely sincere. She could not imagine how I was getting all this business, and she wasn't. Well, You know, and then within two weeks, she had a website, I helped her make it, and then she started getting business, too. But, you know, sometimes it seems so obvious, and that's kind of a silly story, but she could not get it, how I had come into this community and hit the ground running. Um, Another really good example is um, I ran the ATS magazine for the year or so that it was was, uh, happening, And a woman, um, I called her and said, hey, do you want to place another ad? And she said, well, I didn't get any return on the ad that I placed. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, nobody contacted me. Nobody hired me. I'm just not sure it was worth my money. And I said, well, let's take a look at your ad. Well, her ad had a lovely picture of her, and it had the name of her business and her website. It didn't say whether she was a teacher. It didn't say whether she was a performer. It didn't say that she wanted people to hire her for workshops. It didn't ask people to do anything. It just was a pretty picture of her with her website. And I said, well, what were you trying to get people to do with your ad? What did you want them to do? And she says, well, I wanted them to call me and hire me. And I said, well, how could they know that? How could they possibly know that that's what you wanted when you look at your ad? And she was like, oh, wow. <laughs> it seems so obvious. But I swear, I could tell you a hundred stories about that from my years in consulting, about people not being clear about who they were, what they were doing in their marketing materials. And so people don't know how to act. They they can't take action if you don't tell them what action to take.
0: Oh, I see this all the time as well in, in web design for clients. It's, or even just when I look through dancers' websites just to see if they have a website and all these things and it's just so unclear what city they're in, where in the world they're located, how in the world to get in touch with them. What do they do? (laughs) It's literally just a a website with beautiful pictures of them right? and that's it. And why? No, you need to have a clear goal of what it is you want from your website and then you need to really clearly have it spelled out like this is what I want you to do and then you have to guide them through it and yeah but a lot of people don't have that even just the basic information of how to get in touch with you if you're on any kind of social media it's just it's like a treasure hunt trying to find these people online
1: (laughs) yeah it's almost like I got pretty pictures made and now I'm going to share them with you yeah. You can it. do that on Instagram, that's
0: people. <laughs> you don't need a website for that. Just set up an Instagram account; it's free. <laughs> like if you want to share your pictures, just... but even on Instagram, you have to have a bio. Like um, that's another thing. Just even on social media, um, if I find a dancer on social media and I want to see if they have a website, if I can contact them, there is no information. There is no information, even in their social media profiles or their bios. And it's like, well, how is someone supposed to get in touch with you through like mind reading? Like,
1: yeah, I well, like when somebody—I have a friend who um, literally changes her business name every six months. <sighs> Network, no and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know how to find you. And you're a good friend. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you gotta, you gotta pick one, and you gotta stay with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know someone like that too. They change their stage name all the time. Yeah, and it's like, but but why? I, I just I don't understand. I, and it's just super confusing. People finding you, and so just stick to something and make it really clear what people want. Um, what people should be doing when they find your profile or website, and even if you think it's obviously clear, just it's probably not as obvious as you think it is. So just.
1: Well, that's where your business bestie can come in, particularly if you have, (laughs) who's a non-belly dancer. I always, when I consult with people on their websites or their marketing materials, I always say, don't even call, don't even, I don't even want to see it until you have somebody who's not a belly dancer look at it and tell you if they can understand it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially if you're trying to market to people that have never danced before.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it's different if you're like trying to market to event producers, and they know your pedigree and they understand the language. But if you're just trying to dance to market to regular students, you got to get uh, in in the you know in the fantasy uh, language. You got to get a muggle, a non dancer, <laughs> <to laughs> and let you know if it makes sense to non dancers, who are the people who you're in most all likelihood going to be attracting for your weekly classes.
0: Yeah. And if the, you mentioned before, like your about page um, shouldn't be just a pedigree of what, of how many classes you've taken. I find that it's really difficult because copywriting is really difficult. So mm-hmm. um, if I may add just a tip, if people are struggling with writing their bios, just outsource it. Just have a copywriter look at it or just tell them the tone that you want to convey And they, as professionals, can help you because it's their job to know exactly how to attract an audience when they first get to your website. So if this is something that you're really struggling with, there's plenty of free resources online. But if it's something that's super difficult, even writing copy for your email newsletters in the beginning or things like that, just definitely maybe reach out to someone to ask them for help. Um, because it's all about the tone. And as you mentioned before, the branding too. If your website is one thing and the way you talk about what you do is a different thing, then that's not on-point branding. That's just – it's like two different people.
1: Yeah, and just from a purely you know, social and psychological point of view – it creates dissonance and it makes people uncomfortable and then they don't know why they're uncomfortable. So they just have this general feeling of discomfort and you don't want that associated with you. You want that consistently, that consistency so that people feel a continuity and feel an overwhelming, you know, people like to, you know, we like to categorize, we like to understand what we're dealing with. We like to assign knowledge or assign understanding as humans and so one of the ways that you can make it easy for people to relate to you and to interact with you is by being consistent. Because when you give different messages in your branding, then people, people are naturally repelled by that. They're not attracted to that. So from a purely psychological standpoint, um, it, if you want to attract people to you, you can be consistent and it's worth it. You know, I worked with a web designer who really taught me a lot about writing copy and um, how to, you know, market myself and, and my identity. And it was amazing because she was a web designer, but she just would like read what I wrote and give me feedback. And she taught me so much about that. Um, and it's not it doesn't it's not something that necessarily comes naturally if you don't have somebody helping you. So it's worth it to you know invest in. Um, getting some assistance, getting somebody to write it for you. And then if you're the kind of person like I am, I like to be shown what to do and then to try it myself. Um, but if you invest in the, at the outset, then you at least have an expert who can help you. Remember, we said in, our, in our other, one of our other tips, you don't have to do everything yourself. It's important to recognize your own limitations and to find people to enhance you. Nobody expects you to be everything.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you shouldn't be doing it all because it's just not economical. It's just your your time is more valuable than anything else you have. So if it's something that you can hand off to someone else or ask someone for help, do it because you have other things you need to be doing. It's so easy to get caught up in so many things that we need to be doing to keep our businesses going that it's really difficult sometimes to keep doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, like the core thing that makes your business your business. Like, I can procrastinate not having a podcast out, but (laughs) that doesn't help me if I have a nice website or if I create the graphics for it, but there's no actual, like, podcast if I'm not sitting down recording it every week. Well, that's just (laughs) one example, so... Uh. (laughs) So did you want to give a quick recap of the tips and let people know how they can reach out to you and find you online?
1: Yes. So five business tips for belly dancers. You are your own brand. It's important that your actions, words, and interactions with others be consistent with your brand and your goals. Tip two, find an advisor, mentor, coach, or friend. Find your business bestie, as Jana says. I love that. Um To find somebody who can provide you emotional support, edit your copy, help you brainstorm, give you feedback. Tip number three is success is really about who you know. And remember, that's not about, you know, finding the the biggest, most popular belly dance figure and getting to know them. But it's about building relationships and supporting your community, meeting the people who are behind the scenes, building relationships with the vendors and event producers and restaurant managers and students. Um, Tip four is to establish yourself as an expert. Uh, Figure out what your target market is and figure out what you uniquely have to offer them, what your superpower is, and then give generously and genuinely of that superpower to others. And tip five is to be clear in your marketing materials. Um, Tell people the who, what, when, where, and why. Write your marketing materials from the perspective of the needs of your client. or the person who's going to utilize your services, not from the perspective of yourself. Um, Because it's really, all marketing is really about uh, your consumer. It's not so much about you. So I have just so enjoyed um, having the opportunity to talk about this. You can find me um, uh, at the belly dance business academy the website's www.bellydancebusinessacademy.com you can sign up for free to be a student you can have access to about 20 free classes we're releasing free classes every month Um, and then you can find me on facebook under belly dance business academy and twitter at belly dance business academy Instagram under Belly Nance Business Academy, so um, I have pretty much kept it consistent the whole uh, way. I mean, I do use the hashtag BDBA, but, um, but you can find me under Billy Nance Business Academy. And please feel free to reach out if you have any questions, if you want to learn more about the coaching circle and see whether it's something that would be right for you to join, then I'm happy to talk to you about that.
0: So thank you so much, Terry, for not only willing to do this interview once, but twice. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy that you decided to bear it again (laughs) and try it out again. And it's super useful information. And I'm so glad that you um, were able to talk to me again about it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, and I actually think we did better the second time around, so...
0: Probably. Honestly, it's been so long. It's like already February, and we recorded it back in December, November? Yep. I can't remember now. It's been a while. So it's yeah. as if I'm learning it all over again, because my memory is...
1: good. I'm glad it wasn't boring. It was no, there. no. I was
0: like, ooh, it's a good tune, I've heard it again. So, Yeah. So definitely go check out the Belly Dance Business Academy and get in touch with Terry. And that's this week's episode. So until next week.